Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I am your host, Chris, here with my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. Short hiatus, but lots to discuss. And I've got some hot takes this week. Hot takes? Really? That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? Okay, well, let's start we with Eternals. Let's dive right in. We gave everyone a chance to to see this. We gave an extra week. Yeah, there's no reason uh, for America not to have been up on the Eternals by now. So now it's time. Now it's time to talk about it. This will be spoiler-filled, I'm sure. So let's just do it. Neil. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you my thoughts here. And I'm going to open with, you know, we are talking about it a week after it debuted. So we've had enough time for the world to start printing articles and making news about their theories, not just about who shows up and the characters, but their theories on Marvel's plan. And it seems to Correct. be that the general consensus is that this was somehow not successful and uh, it, it, that they're not going to pursue a sequel or continue on. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Yeah, you know what's funny? I what? did not understand the hate. The, listen, I understand certain criticisms of the movie. Yes but I don't understand the hate for the movie. Like, this is not a perfect movie, but this is not the worst MCU film of all time, it's which you would the think by the ratings, not just from the the um, the critics, but from the audiences as well, because this has the lowest ever Rotten Tomatoes score, which... Right. Uh, which is calculated by the critics reviews, right? right? And the lowest ever cinema score, which I believe is based off of audience reviews. Which so very weird. Yeah. It doesn't make I, sense to me. And, and I, I, there was a lot happening. There was a huge amount of characters introduced, um, but for, for having so many characters, I feel like they really did give everybody their five minutes. Like, right. I got everybody's deal. I understood what their situation was. Like there have been movies in the past where there was like three characters and I didn't understand anything about anybody. Um, you know, we talked about what a hot pile of garbage the original Dune was with respect mm. to plot uh, development and everything else. This, I think, did an excellent job. So, So I will jump to what I think the finest point of, of the movie was. And that's, I think they did an excellent job of introducing celestials. Okay. And we'll get a bunch of Got like ang angry letters and being like, Oh, but we already saw ego, the living planet. They already introduced celestials. Yes. And we also uh, went to nowhere, which was the severed head of a celestial. Correct. Um, so I get it, but as active speaking, uh, celestials that we're familiar with outside of ego, who is a little bit different because he creates kind of an avatar for himself. Right. Uh, the, I think they did an excellent job. You know, yeah. Uh, the story is that you, these celestials, spoiler alert, are born in planets. And once the planets reach maximum capacity of like living creatures, 
then they burst forth, destroy right. the planet. They'll they'll have created enough energy right. on the planet. I mean, listen, the logic is a little loose there, but whatever. It's a little loose. It's a little loose. And and in the comics, there's been different versions of how mm-hmm. celestials are born. I'm fine with this version. And here's why. I thought the the deal was cool. Like the 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 conceit of the film is uh, if you don't l- destroy this planet to let time out uh, be born, mm-hmm. the celestial, then billions of other p- planets or galaxies or people won't be born. Yes, because the, the celestial planets. Yes, correct. So I like the catch 22. It's like, you know, you're saving yourselves, but you're also not allowing the birth of any new planets or people now that brings me yeah to a i think a fair critic because i have critiques of this movie but again it didn't prevent me from enjoying the movie absolutely do you think this movie sold earth and the human race enough to warrant the eternals basically betraying the celestial and saving earth despite you know that what you just said that's a good that's a good question did they sell that enough and did they sell the eternals connection to earth enough that they would go so far as to do so much to save earth no i think my honest answer would have to be no right i Uh, agree with that and I think probably the, the character that got the least development was the human race. Yep. Like yep. that was the character that, that got the least play. They were like, you know, oh, they're going to war and they're fighting each other and we should change this. But other than Kit Harrington, who is wonderful. Oh, know, yeah. All Not the feels. Good job. Um, also, you know, he's eventually going to be, we assume, the Black Knight. Yes. Okay, which is tremendous. Um, so they introduced just a slew of characters here. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, no, I don't think they sold it well enough. I think we, the audience, are conceited enough that we just get it. We're like, well, of course right. they would save us. Like, why? Of course, it's right. us. Um, so I think they got away with that. Uh, the other thing I liked was they took out celestials, uh, celestials. They took out uh, eternals in this. Like people died. Yeah. So you went from having so many characters to like by the end of the movie, we've really got it down to a finite like five. Yeah that we care about and we're going to deal with. Well, here's the thing about that though. They gave themselves an out. Yeah. With that, because uh, essentially the, the Eternals are remade after every cycle. Correct. And their memories get stored and banked. And then they, they're essentially like they're living beings, but they're not. Yes, they're like uh, synthetic, like androids. Right. So I like this notion. Um, I I have no problem with that. I mean, essentially, it's in keeping a little bit with the comics. Um, 
they played a little bit with the Celestials because Tiamat, the one they killed, I'm probably saying it wrong, is actually pretty powerful and one of the main guys. Okay. Um, Hisham, not necessarily. Well, he's the, the like kind of the judgment guy, so that made sense. But the their interplay um, was interesting. I liked, and and here's why I think I enjoyed it so much. The Icarus character yes. is essentially the Superman character. Right. And I like that he, spoiler alert, uh, throws himself into the sun and kills himself by the end of this. We presume. We presume. Because I don't like an all-powerful character. Like, he was too right. much. He was too much. Yeah. Um, Ajak, uh, uh, um, Selma Hayek did an amazing job. Yeah. She's relatable. Uh you like I totally felt where she was coming from. I got the point, the message. I think uh, the connection. I love a, a period piece. The connection to major moments in ancient history, Greece, Rome, uh, ancient Babylon, makes perfect sense to me. Right. Um, and your boy, what's his name? I thought was uh, hysterical. He's not my favorite. He's not my like male. Tea. Yeah, Ramel Nanjani. Is that his yes. name? Uh, tremendous did a tremendous job also his sidekick is the first what was that the first indian actor in a in a marvel movie or he he bears some designation okay in this film um some would say he was the heart of the film some would say he was the heart of the film that's another thing like that guy i had no idea who that guy was going into this i was watching this movie with a friend who's like did you ever see Run Fat Boy Run or something like that with Simon Pegg? And uh, he was in it. So apparently oh, this guy is like, but I went in blank. He shows up. I'm like, what's this guy's deal? And then by the end of it, I love him. Yeah. And and you don't have to be like a short, uh, manic, young actor to be the comedic relief like this guy is obviously in his middle age later oh, yeah. middle ages um and he's doing a great job like he, he's funny he's got heart i i just i feel like there's more that's right with the eternals than there is that's wrong with it that's my hot take i think there's more that's right than there is that's wrong i agree with that i agree with that i like i like the idea of Basically, not like the idea of evil Superman, you know, yeah. but I like the idea that like one of at least one of the Eternals would be so committed to, to the, the Celestials and the mis- mission that like they would do what Icarus did. Like that right. makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that the whole team wouldn't just be on board with doing whatever like i it makes sense to me that kamel is like listen i'm not gonna s- try to stop you guys from doing this but i'm also not gonna help you right like he's like something ain't right again there. could they have sold that a little bit more and explained that a little bit more in the movie yeah but oh, again yeah. it's tough with a two hour 20 minute movie to do everything that they did i think 
my biggest criticism of this right is that it honestly needed to be a disney plus show you know what though like <laughs> yes and just because no. of this the the wide range and scope of this movie and with all the characters this could have been I heard some someone saying, and I think it would have been a brilliant idea, is essentially what you could do is give each character an episode. An episode. I, each character I, gets its episode. You get all the background. You get the interaction between the characters, right? But one of the characters is the focus. And then yeah. at the end, they come together and you get all that stuff. Just to like layer it a little bit more and explain give it some more depth because they they spread themselves thin with this movie because there was a lot that they had to try to cram in but like again it was still very entertaining like i enjoyed everyone's performances i don't really think there was a a weak performance in there you know what i mean i i go pardon i agree i don't think there was a weak performance in there i think everybody was doing exactly what they needed to um the guy who did the mind control, like he played the mind control guy. Yes. He was like, he had his moments with me where I was like, I'm not sure where we got this guy. But right. he, he did an amazing job. Um, Angelina Jolie, who is not Abby normal in real life. Right. Did a great job of being compelling, being yep. powerful, being yep. vulnerable, being all the things that like she reminded me why she's a good actress in this movie. So I think you're right. Like there's everyone's turning in great performances. However, uh, I, I, I wouldn't put it on Disney plus because the Eternals was a great example of, of, of fight scenes and big major things and powers and not having to turn it into a cartoon or a video game or okay not being able to see the fight at the end of it that's always been my complaint of the dc movies like even the ones that are good at the end it turns into a video game it's like they're just right. blasting each other which this this kind of was but i guess it was a slightly brighter video game it was it was slightly brighter and more um interesting and more uh like visual like i could see yeah. everything that was going on that goes a long way with me yeah, I I get I can see that I I think I mean they used the director was Chloe Zhao who directed right. Nomadland and they made a big big thing like basically a big deal of the fact that oh they used all natural landscapes and everything like that right um which I'm sure they were very beautiful but the I think the issue with using a director like that and pumping up something like that is when you have these larger than life superheroes all fighting each other in front of that landscape, you're not paying attention to that. I I agree, but it's nice. Like there, like this movie had, I don't want to say a different feel but a unique feel and maybe it's the landscape because now that I'm thinking back on it, that whole final fight where they're on the beach and then time it's coming up through the clouds and everything else. Like that's awesome. 
That's yep. unique. That's interesting. That's awesome. That gives it a little bit of flavor on its own. I don't like a green screen. I don't like CGI. So that works for me. Um, I, I also feel like the stakes are right. You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing was like, how are we going to convince everyone that it made sense that they didn't get involved? And I feel like they explained it away pretty well. Yes. You know, I bought into that. So do I think we need... Well, it also makes sense, yeah. too, that when you add the extra layer of the fact that, like, the Celestials don't care about right. what's going on with half the universe. The only reason why they'd care is because it would delay more Celestials being born. Correct. Because they need more people. But other than that, they just... They create... Basically, the, the Celestials originally created deviants... Right. to help progress society and stuff at during by these getting um, rid of the predators right by getting rid of the predators and then instead they turned into predators and then that's when the the eternals came in to fight off the deviants that's their only mission they don't care about other stuff mm. now what's interesting mm. is that well let's get let's get into this now yeah one of the um post-credit scenes the first one right we get the introduction of eros aka star fox played AKA, by harry styles yeah aka aka thanos's brother there you go he introduces himself as thanos's brother star fox is an eternal right kind thanos of. via comic book lore maybe not so much mcu lore Right. But Thanos is a deviant he has a deviant in the comic gene. books. Yes. He has the deviant gene. Right. Now, that's where things get a little iffy because if they are kind of sticking to that where he has the gene, I guess maybe he's because he was in a full deviant, Eternals didn't get involved with him. Like, I'm curious as to what's going on there. Well, That is like that's one of the issues where Marvel's expansive universe, not in the films but in the comics, comes back to bite it in the ass because you've got all these details out there, you've got all these versions out there, and now to try and put it on film and explain it all away is going to make things difficult. The thing that gets me with relation to that is you have uh, you you have the surviving. Eternals at the end go off into space, some of them, to find other Eternals. Well, it's it's not that, okay, I don't explain, think. Because I got confused with that element. Yeah, so what it I is... Because I thought they were the only Eternals. Oh, no, no, no. You are... You're correct. You're correct. I'm sorry. Right. You get... And it's interesting that they said that they're not, like going to do another movie i think that's bs because clearly it's set up for like something absolutely (laughs) multiple somethings so essentially what happens at the end is you get um there are other eternals because they each celestial has different eternals all they're set up on different planets to do what they're doing on other planets, right? Where they're birthing other Eternals and what they're trying to do, this core group that we know of is find those other Eternals, let them know, Hey, you're being used and kind of brainwashed. 
and maybe we can come up with a better way to birth celestials instead of this. Instead um, of this. And they want to warn people and let them know. So that's where you have um, Angela, Angelina Jolie's character goes out there. I think you get um, the the mind controlling one goes, yeah, and you have a druid, and you have the uh, fast one, who I can't right. remember her name either. Um, they go speedy, speedy. Then back on Earth, you had uh, Fastos stay behind right He's you got had a um i believe camille ninjani's character st- stays behind i believe so and then you have uh cersei stay behind now and uh, right go ahead what happens is the their celestial do you know his name off the top of your head uh hashem yeah so he comes and he says uh, and brings them out of earth and says, I'm now going to be passing judgment on you right. to see whether or not I will allow the actions that you made, aka sa- saving earth. But see, that could be the answer to your question about uh, Eros and Thanos. You know, A, it's possible that, there, you know, he considers, Eros considers himself a, a eternal. Per, you know, perhaps they make him a true eternal and he just broke away and and he passed the test and got to live. With Thanos, it's that he had a deviant gene, but he was birthed or fathered by other things. Well, here's a here's a really just really off the wall deep cut is if you really want to overthink it, do you think part of Thanos's reasoning for killing off half of the entire universe is because he knew the process of how celestials were made and he knew that would at least prevent it from happening anytime soon. I have, I'm of two minds with this and here, here's here. It is. Uh, I think that would be great. I think that would be an excellent uh, retro working that in. But the thing that disappointed me about the Thanos story overall, as it was unfolding for 10 years, was I thought he, in the comics, the reason he's doing this is he's courting death, the character death. Right. You know, who is a female. You wanted a truer adaptation for it. I think they get so weird within the movies that, like, there is a, a limit to the weirdness that will be accepted by the public. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Maybe death was a step too far. Yeah. But like that's, you know, I think that would have been interesting. Um, But the other thing is with like, I want to see what happens next. Like I want to see how these celestials work, make their way in. I want to see if there's any retribution for ego because they killed ego the living planet. So it's not the first one to die on screen. Um, but let's talk about the end credit scene as we're as we're leaving Eternals. I mean, my my yeah. position is I enjoyed the movie. I'd watch a sequel. I think the hate is unwarranted. Uh, certainly not the worst MCU movie. Um, and it was just it was a lot of fun. It was colorful. It was a lot of fun. It was a fight scene in broad daylight, which I liked, uh, and it had a good message. And there was a lot of firsts in this movie too. For a lot of different cultures um 
and all done well and tastefully and not uh, just uh, done in a really great way where you know what's happening but it's not like shove it in your face let's try to make this like as apparent as possible yeah you know what i mean force wokeness upon me they just told the story you know which i like um having said that i do i i don't care about um what's his name uh harry styles like i'm i want to see what they're going to do with the character the actor you know harry styles himself does nothing for me but okay if i will say yeah if there's one person who's uh, the casting yeah for that is pitch perfect that could there's be. one person who's more appropriate for for Star Fox, who's essentially like the rock star of cosmic superheroes. Right. Like it's Harry Styles. Exactly. Like yeah, especially is. Harry Styles, who like basically sees himself as, and I cannot believe I'm now blanking on his name. Uh, uh, stupid uh, uh, Casanova. No, as uh, he basically models himself, I'm sure a big inspiration of his would be this person who was a rock star and he's Mick also Jagger. an actor, oh. not Mick, Jack- Mick Jagger. He passed away recently. Oh, oh, David, um, Bowie. David Bowie. David Bowie. Who David Bowie would be perfect as Eros, David young Bowie David Bowie. Would be perfect as Eros. I would totally go for that. Interesting. All right. But I believe I blanked on David Bowie's name, bro. It happens. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Here's the thing, though. I'm more excited to follow the story of Pip the Troll voiced by Patton Oswalt. Yes, that sounds fun. That sounds absolutely fun. And Patton Oswalt is the master of voiceovers. How excited is he that he's a part of the MCU? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> can you even believe it? Also like so that was a lot of fun i want to see what they're going to do with that they're tying everything together thanos has a brother in the comics we've got him now i'm 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 in i'm all in like show me more of this yep but 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 i want to know because the rumor is that the voice at the end was mahershala ali it is that's confirmed okay and he's supposed to be blade yes all right. So this was a So that very, was Blade. But here's the thing. I wanted a Blade like Pierce uh, like Wesley Snipes. Okay. An R-rated hardcore horror movie Blade. We're not getting that. Right. We're not getting R-rated, which I think is a mistake, but I'm curious to see what they do with it probably is if you're if you can't even get sony to do an r-rated venom you're not getting disney and marvel to do an r-rated blade the only r-rated you're gonna get done just because of the the riots that would start is deadpool but that will be the only that will be the only r-rated yeah that you get have to do an r-rated deadpool um so that's that's something else. Like I'm excited. Again, we've worked in a lot of characters. Blade is coming. I, I like the idea though of that 
essentially like blade is almost going to be like the nick fury of like the dark magic yes characters in the mcu right. you know what absolutely. i mean absolutely. like he'll probably be from through blade obviously there's the connection with um with the black knight um you're gonna have i'm sure he's gonna be connected to ghost rider when they introduce ghost rider i'm sure in some way somehow they'll connect him with moon knight maybe certainly um which we'll talk about a little later um but i love that it was him that was that voice absolutely for a second i thought it was um the beyonder or uh yes the watcher the watcher yeah i Um, thought it was jeffrey wright's voice so did i for a second yeah so did I. Yeah, but I, I was I, I was happy to that. hear that that was Mahershala Ali's uh, debut. And I know I had read that he has reached out to Wesley Snipes to like talk to him about the role. He knows that was his and, and stuff like Look, that. I hope so. And I'm glad about that. But if you're like, it's going to be such a totally different vision. Like Wesley yeah. Snipes. It's going to be completely different than those Blade movies. It will. Without Which a doubt. It's a shame. It's a total shame. Um okay, well let's let's move on. Yeah. From Eternals. Actually, before we do that, how do you think Eternals will be moving on? Like so, what do you think is next because I think that is the big conversation now coming right. out of this movie is like what is the direction of MCU? What are they doing all this right. stuff? Like what do you think? Well, I think first it's like these are rich people problems because they're looking at right. this and saying it was a failure. When it made all its money back, it made a, a tidy little profit, and I think it it beat it it only beat Ant Man as far as its initial release goes. I think, like in all the MCU, I think the the statistic was it only surpassed Ant Man for its opening weekend. Um, so like it's not it's by no means financially unsuccessful and. I guess critically, you know, they there's issues there, but I think they should move on by either. I would like to see a sequel. I think we could do with a sequel because yep. I want because I think that's our way into the into the Celestials. However, and I don't think this is going to happen because they already worked on it. I think it's it's done already or it's finishing or you tell me. But the natural the natural sister to this movie or brother, big brother to this movie is guardians of the galaxy three. Gotcha. Like to me, that's the natural marriage. It's eternals and guardians of the galaxy. And then you bring in everybody else. Yeah. That's how I would proceed. Interesting. See, I think that this is slowly creaking the door open to galactus i you are 100 percent right because avengers have fought galactus obviously mm-hmm. um, eternals have fought galactus anyone can fight galactus and he's a celestial yes and he's a celestial so i am down yeah give me galactus let's go um okay Let's let's move on to a big trailer that dropped. Oh yeah. Yesterday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We're a little late this week. But when it is day. Spider-Man No Way Home. 
got its first official full trailer. Oh, yeah. Spoderman. Uh, a lot there, a lot to unpack. It, I think it left me with more conspiracy theories. Okay. Um, first, here's my initial gut reaction. This trailer is eerily similar to the kick-ass trailer for Spider-Man 3. Okay. Interesting. I don't yes. remember the Spider-Man 3 trailer. Oh, the Spider-Man 3 trailer, the time it came out, it, it made you believe that that was going to be the last superhero movie because nothing could ever be as good. Okay. And then Spider-Man 3 came out in theaters. Interesting. And, so this is making you worry. This yes. is making you worry for Spider-Man. 100%. 100%. Interesting. Because that trailer, it's 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 so like you have to watch the Spider-Man three trailer again. It's so eerily similar to that. We've got so many villains like we did in that movie. It worries me. But hearing and seeing uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, and hearing the voice of um, Willem Dafoe, yep. it brings me hope. Like I'm there. I'll yep. show up for this. I'm ready for this. That's what I want to see. I am hoping, and I've always said this to you, I'm hoping they get Willem Dafoe out of that mask more than he's in that mask because he is sure. such an expressive actor. I'm sure he'll be out of it. I think yeah. for me... Yeah, what are your thoughts here? So it basically confirmed what we already knew was that right. Electro, Sandman, and the Lizard right. are all in this movie as well with Green Goblin and Doc Ock. You're getting a little bit more information where it's like whatever the spell that they did brought people over from other universes. Visitors. Other visitors. I, and it's interesting how they're doing it because the people who are saying, oh, Green Goblin is dead. Oh, Dr. Octopus is dead in that movie. Oh, Electro is dead. Like all of those characters that are being brought back are dead. The way that they're selling it is that they have to die. They're essentially alternate universe, alternate villains from different universes, but that are similar enough to the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield movies where it's like in their universes, they are destined to be killed by because of spider-man yes maybe not so by him but because of him and that's the dilemma that that um tom holland's spider-man has to figure out is how do i like i don't want to be he doesn't want to be the reason why anyone dies right so that's that's going to be the emotional battle that he's going to fight is how do i send them back home but make sure that they don't die. That see, and I dig it. Like that's a good roller coaster to be on. I don't mind taking that journey. Um, I do think the way out of that dilemma for Tom Holland is you get Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and they handle business. Well, here's the thing. I the the other takeaway I had from this trailer is that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are 1000% in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. That you don't, you can't, looks like you cannot there. do this 
without those two. You just can't do it. You can't go out of your way to bring back all of these characters, everyone. You're going to bring all of them back and you're not going to bring the two most important people back. No, it doesn't make sense. And it's funny because there are people who are like slow, um, slowing down that final battle scene to see if there's images where basically like the other Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were edited out. Exactly. Like it looks like like one guy, there's one where it's like, the lizard is jumping off and then he suddenly turns his head like he gets punched, but there's no one there punching him. They're like, oh, right. that's definitely Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. That's an edit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. But that was my takeaway is that um, they have to be in this. They I, have to be in it. I agree. There's no way around that. There's no way. And shame on them if they don't include them. <laughs> I'm just I, I am beyond and if excited for this movie. As am I. If they are in the movie, though, it will have been the best, worst kept secret. I will still be like screaming my head off when they show up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But that is a pretty kick ass idea. Like, that's pretty cool. I, I like, I dug that trailer, but it just made me nervous. Like, I want it to not be bad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really hoping, like, this is going to be like a theater experience. A hundred percent. This will be up. Like I'm a little, you know, disappointed that it won't be at like end game levels just because you can't fill the theaters the the same way, depending on where you live and like all that stuff. Right. Um, But if this were a normal year Mm -hmm. and there was no COVID, I think this movie would be up there in as far as a theater experience with right. the likes of Endgame, which was the best experience in the theater I've ever had in my life. I look, that was tremendous. I think this experience would be up there. I'll revisit Eternals for a second. Um, I'm glad it wasn't a Disney series and it was on the big screen because once again, they did the Celestials right. And that even if just for that one scene at the end where he shows up and he's imposing like the, the just his mm-hmm. head, is mm-hmm. the size of the planet like seeing that on a big screen was totally worth it yeah yeah i get that yeah um well we were obviously thrilled with the spider-man no way home trailer but yeah. you know what i was a little underwhelmed with what this past week with? disney no. plus day Ooh. disney plus day was kind of a dud yeah a little bit they didn't do it the same way. So like last year we basically got, it was like an expo. Yeah. And they basically announced everything that's coming. Everything. Now COVID delays and different things like that, you know, and the fact that you revealed your full slate for four years or whatever, I guess you can't do that again, but essentially Disney plus day was all hyped up and it was just, the Disney plus Twitter dropping the news or little trailers or teaser clips and stuff like that. But we didn't really get much new. We didn't get really any trailers for MCU or star Wars properties. Um, We got a brief clip of like for the Obi-Wan show where it's basically you and McGregor talking about it. 
Like more, I want to see stuff. Here's the problem. More than your frustration with Disney Plus, here's the frustration I have with this Obi-Wan show. Every time I go to YouTube and I'm like, Obi-Wan or Ewan McGregor or something like that, or I see an ad for it, it's never it's never Obi-Wan. It's always it's some mix mix match where uh Ewan McGregor played like Jesus once. Oh, and interesting. He, well, he that's not that's not Disney. That's people like putting oh, trying to get no, I know. views on YouTube. I know, but that's my frustration. Like I watch it and I'm like, this is really awesome. I think this is going to be genius. <laughs> and then I realize it's just a mashup of his Jesus movie and Star Wars lines. So it, it, it it's maddening. I need I need Disney to release something that I can look at. Yeah, it was very weird how they how they did this. Um, we did get a essentially what they did was they put on Disney Plus like a fourteen minute long um, sizzle reel for mm-hmm. the MCU projects, which included all the full trailers of Disney Plus MCU shows we've already seen. So it had like the whole, you know, ninety five percent of the sizzle sizzle reel were trailers for all the shows leading up to Hawkeye then we get an extended look at Hawkeye and then we get like 15 seconds of Moon Knight we get 15 seconds of She-Hulk and we get 15 seconds of Miss Marvel we needed more needed more give us a little bit more when are we getting that we know She-Hulk's coming in 2022 we know Moon Knight's coming in 2022 and we know Miss Marvel is coming summer of 2022 correct my thing is and again going back to that disney plus in or that disney investor day from 2020 which were all the big announcements of all the shows coming and all this it seemed like we were getting way more disney plus content month to month than we're actually getting i guess that's a good i thought there was going to be when a like when hawkeye ends Right. Either a Star Wars show or a Marvel show was coming right after it. So you're you're feeling that they're mistiming this. I'm feeling like they oversold and are under delivering. Oversold under. Well, you know what? I mean, their their amazingness could not last forever. Like I feel like even even absolutely has gotten in a little over its head with its need for constant content yeah and i'm not even saying constant content but like don't sell it as that if it's not going to be that if it's not going to be that right that's my only thing like i'm fine with being undersold and over delivered just give me what you don't do a day don't do a disney plus day just don't do one well agreed like and just give us the trailers as they come Everybody wants to be what's his name from Apple standing up there in his in his white shoes. Yeah, that doesn't that pants. doesn't work for you know? for yeah. movies. Right. And entertainment. It just doesn't. No, agreed. Um yeah, very weird, but let's let's move on. We are getting um it was confirmed uh, there were rumors of it. We are getting an Agatha Harkness uh show. I'll turn up for that. Um we are getting a what if season 2. Um, we didn't really get any new confirmations from Lucasfilm right Um, we are getting a 
Marvel Zombies animated series. Uh, uh, yeah. That was new. We're getting a new Spider-Man animated series, Spider-Man freshman year. Spider-Man. Um, and here's the big one. So this one was actually a big announcement. Right. If you're like myself or, or Neil um, and you grew up in the 90s, we are getting an X-Men 97 Yes, I saw original that. series coming in 2023. I'm I'm down, man. I'm ready for that. I, I I just like the only thing that could improve this news is the guarantee that they're gonna animate it like they did in '97. Well, that it has '97 in the title, right? So, so like, it's gonna be a continuation of that series. You that imagine. would be my the joy of joys. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant yes. move. Absolutely. Um, joy of joys. Okay, well let's do, let's do some some rolling or trolling because I think this is actually a good segue, um, and possibly part of the reasoning why like Disney Plus Day wasn't that big, or the fact that it was only a Disney Plus Day and not a full like Disney Investor Day. Because they only had Disney Plus stuff to announce. Um, first, there was news that came out that Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron was delayed indefinitely. Mm. But now it looks like Ro- both Rogue Squadron and Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy have been officially shelved over creative differences. Both of those things, by the way, mm. announced during. The Disney Investor Day last year, including right. Patty Jenkins getting a full like one of those talking trailer things. I understand the shelving of this. I think you you cannot do everything all at once, and they want to build a universe. And I think doing all the Star Wars stuff, if you're not doing it right, but the extension trilogy, I have a sneaky suspicion, and maybe it is just that I am. Uh, a, a font of hope and 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 wishful thinking but i have this suspicion that somewhere lurking in the background is george lucas and there's a, a potential redux of the sequel trilogy like so his version see i don't i i mean i don't think we'd need George Lucas for a Redux trilogy. I just don't know what the big sell is with George Lucas coming back. Considering because the prequel trilogies were such a train wreck. But the prequel trilogies were a train wreck, but he was dealing with essentially new stuff. Like he needed new character. He needed Qui-Gon Jinn to steer that first movie. Then he had Obi-Wan and it was like trying to deal with their... But like those are his next. problems that he created because he... Those are his problems. He created the... He created it. <laughs> right. But imagine him coming back to deal with Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, the stuff he got right. But if, if he had the story, he would have done it. But the rumor is there was a story. But he got sidelined because he became a father. This is like 15, 20 years okay. ago. He had met with Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and was starting to get ready. And then 
uh, it it fell apart. It got like stuck in development hell. But there is a rumor out there that the sequel trilogy was going to focus on uh, Carrie Fisher rebuilding the Republic while Luke was rebuilding the Jedis and Han was going to be in the mix there with Carrie. That's something I would watch. Interesting. So I think what this is, Mm-hmm. is a I think what it was it was a, not necessarily a sign of potential George Lucas being there in the background I think what it is is it was recognized as a too many cooks situation yeah I could see that so Patty Jenkins wants to do her thing Ryan Johnson wants to do his thing meanwhile you have Filoni and Favreau basically steering right now the biggest hit that star Wars has currently. Right. And they don't want to blow it. What I think it is, it's not George Lucas. It is a Filoni Favreau is they're doing their things in the background and they're basically acting as the Kevin Feige's for Star Wars, which I think is a very good thing because I think Filoni does a great job and understands Star Wars really well and has a proven track record of that. And same with Favreau with what he did with with what they both did with Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what this is just is a um, rethinking of who they're bringing on. Yeah. And making sure that now this is aligned with the full direction. Like you can't have a spinoff trilogy of Ryan Johnson's. I agree. That's unrelated to everything else going on. Like you can't have Patty Jenkins do a rogue squadron. If she just wants to make like her own weird spinoff movie, like you can't have that now. I agree. I agree. I, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. Just focus on what works. Keep it going. Get us through the year. The creator of Squid Game has confirmed uh, that there will be a season two. Well, you know, everybody's dead. So, like, the world, I guess, continues to have poor people in it that are going to compete in this game. Yep. But that is just, it, it is a, it, it's a shower of sadness, that show. What games would you want to see? Oh my god. I don't even know. I like like a some version of the killer chest, like the Harry Potter death. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would sit and watch that. How about you? Um, I think they could do like a little uh Hide and seek. Hide and seek. Little spike volleyball. Maybe some uh, capture the flag. Ooh, okay. Like some, like those are like the American games, right? You get right. some, like just good old fashioned tag. Good old fashioned tag. Things like that. You know, dodgeball. With wrenches, if you can dodge a wrench, <laughs> right? you can dodge a ball. Oh my god. That's just so well good for them. Good for them and good for the creator because apparently he was like incredibly poor. 
before. Yeah, this. the creator like made this whole thing for eight yeah. bucks and sold it and yep. got a, a ton. So good for him. Paul Rudd has been named People Magazine's sexiest man alive. I this was a matter of time, Chris. He <laughs> he is I mean, I'm sure that this was part of the contract he made with Satan. Um to stay this young and beautiful that he also had to be sexiest man of the year at some point. Uh, but like he doesn't age. He is drinking the blood of unicorns. He is a, an apostate of, of the desolate one. Something is happening because I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah. I, uh, I am not as old as Paul Rudd. And I look older than Paul Yeah, Rudd. I look worse than Paul Rudd. Yes. No, you know what? Good for him. He deserves it. Good for him for just being ageless. It's about time it was recognized by... Yes, by the world. I mean, it's always recognized but the by the world, but I think this, I guess, makes it more official. Yes. <laughs> um, Marvel Studios is currently casting for a Daredevil project, according to rumors. Ooh daredevil well wait a minute marvel's casting for daredevil we had that yeah but that was not that was netflix daredevil ah this is what i mean like why are you taking everybody tuned in everybody loved it it had so many seasons why do it over having said that if we were going to cast a daredevil oof, mcu needs a true street level hero. movie slash hero well and i guess like let's reverse the daredevil engineer. netflix series it was similar to like agents of shield right those netflix shows yeah. where the netflix shows acknowledged what was going on in the mcu but the mcu never acknowledged anything that was going on in those netflix shows so i think it's safe to say that those are separate from the mcu I agree. I agree. So, I mean, who would you, yeah, who would you cast right now as Daredevil? You need someone who can play, like, basically almost like a Batman-like brutality for, you know, as a hero, and then in the light, they are a the best lawyer in town. So who who plays as a lawyer? Who could be a good lawyer? A good someone smart, someone you that's believable, a good Matt Murdock, and then the rest will come because that suit will do most of the action. Uh, let's see. I, I always throw out John Hamm, but he's too old for this. Yeah. Daredevil, he, like he's not like Batman in as much as he is blind and needs to be agile. Okay. Like needs to be agile. Yep. Uh, see, I've actually enjoyed a circa early aughts um, Ben Affleck. I think he got a raw deal, possibly because that movie just wasn't what it was, what it could have been. He would have been fine. Uh, I mean, given the fact that he's pretty solid at Batman, he would have been right. a fine uh, daredevil. But, you know, it's a little too late for that now. It is a little too late. Um, I'm not sure. Who are your choices? Um, 
Well, I'm trying to think of some like younger actors. Okay. All right. Uh, that could possibly do this. Um, and I'm trying to think what are some stuff that I've liked recently uh that has some good action because that's the key is that you also sneakily need someone who's like can sell martial arts yes that could sell that really well and i don't know i don't know who that is currently i don't know I, i don't know i don't know who the the ass kicker uh is but i i like yeah i do get this notion that you do need to skew a little bit younger but he has to be 26 and above because you have to have gone to law school. Like you can't cast some teen. You can't cast somebody like that. He has to have gone to law school and he has to have practiced for a couple of years because he's known in the community as a helper. Right. You know, of people. So, you know, they need to choose wisely uh, with that. You know who would be interesting? I'll tell you what, because he's got the look and the physicality. Um, and he's probably, he's got a little bit of the like, he could do the cockiness of Matt Murdock, is Glenn yep. Howerton. Dennis from. That uh, is interesting. Sunny. That's interesting. That might be a fun choice. It could be. I just wonder. I wonder if he's even too old for the role. Now at this point in his career, too old for the role. Interesting. I think you need a a younger, more brash, like because part of Daredevil two, he's mm-hmm. he's also like he's very brash. Yes, that's true. He's that. He's almost uh, he's somewhat James Bondian with his uh relationships yeah, with and with, relationships women indeed um he he is known to have many different relationships <laughs> um true. in the comic books so he is a bit of a ladies man as well um i just i think you need a younger like in his 30s vibe from from a daredevil i don't know who that actor is though unfortunately i'm i'm coming up with all this criteria and i'm not uh i'm not providing a, anyone an with any solutions <laughs> to it. So, um, you know who I think actually, cause I just saw this person's picture just now. And I think, you know what? He actually might be able to do this. If he could learn, uh, martial arts Who's that? would be Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. He was in, um, sound of metal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know that he's guy. the main character in sound of metal. I'll give I think you one. He, He's right in that range that I'm looking for. He would be in that range. He's grizzled, uh, so he looks a little older while being a young guy, has the physicality. Um, someone who I don't believe has been in any uh, Marvel films. Okay. But I think would do a great job. He's a little older technically um, than what you're suggesting, but he absolutely is in great shape and could play this part would do an excellent Matt Murdoch. Uh, uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, I think would be too silly for it. You think he'd be too silly. I think he's so yeah. charming. 
he's incredibly charming. I don't yeah. think he's dark enough. Oh my goodness! For it, fair enough. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm interested in this now. I'm going to lobby for Ryan Reynolds. Right. Let's let's. No no no. We... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Ryan Reynolds. I am so sorry. I meant Ryan Gosling. Okay. Now you have my attention. <laughs> now you have my attention. <laughs> yes, I was. I'm mistaken. I meant Ryan Gosling. Yes. Now okay. You have my attention. Uh, that's because I think he is so charming as well and could do that. Yes, like, he could do you know? it. Yes. I could see that's, him being that character. Without a doubt. He could definitely yeah. do that. That's that's a he can do any character though. He really could. But he would be well suited for that, I think. If if anyone's seen like the movie Drive. Yes. Like he can do like that dark side of Daredevil very well. I if, agree. If you've seen that movie. I do think he can do it. Um, let's let's finish up here with the last uh, bit and then we'll get to our suggestions from last week the original Harry Potter cast will return for a 20th anniversary uh, special of the Sorcerer's Stone um, for HBO Max coming out New Year's Day what like they're going to do like a mystery science theater 3000 commentary while they're watching it or that's something. where like, i have no idea what they're doing is it like yeah. a, a friends reunion like what are we doing here like if they were all going to come back and and play their own parts again as adults play that i'd watch the hell out of that mm-hmm. watch a 40 year old daniel radcliffe play a you know play harry potter in the sorcerer's stone again that'd be genius um Oh, do you think like they just do like a live table read or something? I think that makes the most sense. Otherwise, I don't know what the hell they're all doing back. I I saw something, but I guess maybe that was like a fake trailer for the the, the cursing child. Yeah, like I, is that a thing that's coming, or was that like a hype up for this whatever they're doing here? I don't know. I don't know what what this is because it's not it's not a cursed child thing. I think it's just like a special. I don't I don't know what the reunion will actually be because I know what's his face said that he'll never play Harry Potter again. Daniel Radcliffe. This is true. Um, so I don't know. I also this just popped into my head not to derail the Harry Potter conversation, but someone who I just thought of who would have made a great daredevil. Okay, who? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh. He's got the look. He's got yeah. the charm. Yes. He would have been a good Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, a good, a okay. good Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. He would have been a good Daredevil. I I agree. I think in a heads up between Gosling and Gyllenhaal, I think Gosling wins that charm I, contest. Well, yes, but I think part of me feels like. Gyllenhaal would be better because I f- I feel like Ryan Gosling would have to be playing su- a superhero more A list. Agreed. Agreed. That's why I feel like Gyllenhaal sneakily might be a better fit. I can dig that. I can support that notion. Anyways, we need to get off of. Uh, daredevil yes. talk we spent way too time too, way too much time um let's talk about our suggestions from last week 
Um, Neil, you watched The Harder They Fall. I did. On Netflix. I watched Spawn from the 90s, also on Netflix. Um, What should we start with? Um, I will start because I think it'll be quick. And here's why I think that. Okay. Uh, I, I enjoyed myself. I didn't not enjoy it. It was, um, it had all the tones and themes of a good Western movie. Yes. Okay. Revenge, um, taking over a small town, uh, you know, kind of the, one man standing alone theme. Like it's all, it's all there. Uh, I think it was much longer than it needed to be. There was a a lot of dead space, the music. And I know what, you know, I see what they're trying to do. It was a cultural thing. They were trying to highlight some, some songs, some music, some uh, genre type uh, sounds, but it's like, we, we did, I didn't need these interludes. Like I didn't need these musical interludes. It, felt to me like a very Tarantino-esque Western. Yeah, this reminded me a lot of Django with the way that the music was used as far... I know know part of you is talking about the specific musical number that's in the movie. That, I get, doesn't need to be in it. But I didn't... I actually... I enjoyed the musical score and the songs used but yeah like like the the girl in the the uh, saloon doing her whole song like that was a waste of time yeah waste of time we don't you know it's like but like i really enjoyed this movie oh it was fun i thought it was a great like like uh, part of what i liked about it Mm -hmm. was that again they used an pretty much all black cast for this western movie right but the like the point of it wasn't to just highlight that oh we're using a black cast right the point of it was just we are making a classic western a good western film it just so happens that everyone in the cast everyone is black. i agree that that's that the way was, things yeah. need to be start being done to normalize stuff like this right like they told the story, they used this cast. I'm fine. Like that was great, and it was a good movie. You know, on its own, it's definitely stood alone. It did a great job. I just think, like, we could have made a really great pop film, like cultural, uh, what what pop culture film, in an hour and a half. Okay. Okay. It's like like when you make a song, you can do an eight minute song, you know. Or you can cut it down to 305 if you want to stay on the charts. <laughs> like that's that's what I think they're missing here. Um, um, everybody performed well. I enjoyed Idris Elba, and I don't normally. Uh, well, I, part part of the reason why I suggested this, on top of it being a newer movie and the fact that I enjoyed it, um, yeah. is I wanted your thoughts on Jonathan Majors because he hasn't been in too much. I think that you've seen right um and obviously he was kang he's going to continue being kang the conqueror um so how how did you feel about jonathan majors and his performance in this my opinion on this is i feel better about him playing kang after having seen this 
Okay, so that's good. Yes, that would be my take on that. That's great. So what was your opinion of Spawn? Spawn? My honest, no-hold-bars opinion on Spawn is that I have now seen within a month's time oh god two of the worst movies i've ever how seen in my you? entire life how dare you sir how dare Dune you? 1984 wow was one of them and now spawn how do you john leguizamo alone for i john how leguizamo i I listen. I love John Leguizamo. This was just not it for him. This was not it. I think he was. The, I could not find Martin Sheen. one one thing appealing about this movie. Not one. Wow! Wow! How is that possible? Literally, not one thing I enjoyed about this movie. I didn't I... even enjoy. I did not enjoy John Leguizamo. I don't think there was anything likable about his character or anything well, that he did there was no violent. yeah i know but there was nothing salvageable about like this was like just listen i'm all for some camp yeah but i'm not for all camp I, all right and that's what this so. this was and it was every time leguizamo was on the screen it, it was almost like it was cringy because it was just like a look at me look at me look at me performance he was just doing yes. so 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 much and i'm giving i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt he was doing what he thought he needed to do to save a drowning movie but right. like it it was not it wasn't working i don't think anything he did was working uh martin sheen like was it it was a f- funny performance i guess but it was just like I compare it to like Wonder Woman 1984, Pedro Pascal. He was playing an over the top villain, right? right? Yeah. But I kind of, out of everything going on in that movie, I actually liked his over the top performance. I thought it was fun and everything like that. Martin Sheen was more over the top than Pedro Pascal was in 1984 and Wonder Woman 1984. And I agree it with that. Went too far. It me. was extreme. It was extreme. The I now I understand this was the nineties. They had better CGI in the nineties than what they used for that movie. That was the worst, the literally well, the worst special effects I've ever seen in a movie. I I all right. Yes, that's true. I don't know if the if the CGI was great at that time. It wasn't great. It was better what than they that. Did. Yeah. It was better than that. I'll give you that. I think you're you're hating on Spawn. I'll say this: uh, the the cartoon Spawn, which was embraced by its creator, is excellent and really kind of hits the nail on the head. But that isn't like that's a, a weird character because you've got you know we had all the Avengers and the the terrestrial superheroes. Then we've got the celestial 
uh, phase two cosmic or phase yeah. four cosmic world, but he is a member of the underworld, right? You know, of the comics. So, like, I thought it would be interesting for you to sample that because I know you haven't in the past. But to say it's the worst, you are just so, uh, how do you live? With well, because it with all that hate and darkness uh, in you, it doesn't spend. It doesn't explain anything about what's going on with the underworld. He's working for Satan. What's there to say? Just that's it. Yeah. What is Satan's plan here? It didn't make sense. Fair enough. It didn't make sense. He's a servant of Satan, but like I thought where he was living was hell. But really he was just homeless on the streets or something. And he was just like, I don't know, chilling for five years, I guess, not realizing what was going on with him. And then all of a sudden he's like, he was back all in the up. world. I don't know. It was weird. I, I did not like it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. I have it I, I have been for now probably over a year. I have been logging every movie that I watch um, in letterboxd and i give it my rating my my uh five star rating system and there are only two movies currently that yes. have ever received a half star oh my god in my log and dune 1984 is one of them and spawn is the other you are outrageous how dare you sir sorry man sorry so uh, outrageous all right so what are we suggesting for next week uh are we considering a uh red notice view so here i think here's what we can do for for next week and for the next couple episodes um is we are going to talk red notice Yes. That will be our, our top of the pod discussion. We'll be red notice. We'll give everyone like we usually do with new movies that come out. We'll give everyone an extra week to see it, digest it, and then we'll discuss it. Okay. We'll I do some that. more rolling or trolling, all that stuff, whatever we got. Um, and then on top of that, I think we still do some suggestions for next week because then the podcast after next week's pod We'll be dis- start discussing Hawkeye every week. Ah, uh, this is true. All right. Well, I have a suggestion that I don't believe you have seen. Hit me. My suggestion to you is uh, none other than a film that can be found on Hulu called Soap Dish. Soap Dish. Soap Dish. It's on Hulu. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. Okay. Have you seen the movie Conspiracy Theory? I have not. Okay. Also, Hulu, Conspiracy Theory is amazing. I want you to watch that because I'm going to watch that probably tonight. It is Julia Roberts. It is Mel Gibson, circa the late 90s. Uh, It's about essentially the Manchurian Candidate, which you watched. Yep. But there were other ones out there, and this is what happens when they fall off the grid. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
my suggestion for you yes. is a movie that I don't know if you've caught up with yet and watched yet. Talk to me. Um, but it is a biggie. And we haven't really had the chance to talk about it on the pod. I'm suggesting to you a recent release on Disney Plus. Oh. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I have not caught up. I need to watch it. Yeah, so you watch that and we'll be able to talk about it. That's my suggestion for you. I can do that. And that's now on Disney Plus for subscribers for free. I can do this. We can catch up on that. Perfect. Um, All right. Well, we appreciate you all for listening to another episode of It Was All a Stream. Um, Please, if you would, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review. That would be great on wherever it is that you're listening. We are available on every major podcast platform. We are also available on Neil's major website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com. Neil, what do you got to say to the people? Stream on, everybody.